You might have just heard that parable and thinking to yourself, what is that parable all about? We have a king who threw a feast, a wedding feast for his son. The initial guests refuse to come and some of them even kill his messengers who he sends to invite them. And so he has those, especially those murderers, uh, destroyed and he burns their city in response. But the king still wants the wedding feast to be filled with guests for his son. This is a happy occasion. And so he sends his messengers to go invite everybody, the good and the bad, the saints and the sinners, it doesn't matter, just get them all in here. I want my house to be filled, the wedding feast to be filled. But then there's one servant who doesn't have the, the right wedding attire on. Somebody gets in with all the, the right wedding attire, and so the king has him thrown out, bound hand and foot into the outer darkness. There's weeping and gnashing of teeth. She's like, whoa, whoa, what, what, what is all that about? What does this mean? This is kind of a tough parable, a hard teaching, maybe, of, of our Lord's. So what's going on here? Well, the king is God the Father. Uh, his son is God the Son. The great wedding feast is, is the Mass. It's this taste of heaven that we get to come and be part of, this, this great rejoicing. You know what the Mass we, the bride of Christ, become one with him, the groom. Uh, it's this, this beautiful, joyous celebration. And those who were invited who refused to be a part of this, in our Lord's original telling, he's speaking to the chief priests, to the leaders of God's people. They'd been sent different prophets and messengers who had invited them to be part of this, to be part of the ministry of our Lord, to accept him as the groom of this great wedding feast, and they had refused, they had rejected. And so when you knowingly and deliberately reject Christ, there are consequences from that. You suffer, you know, spiritual death. This is what these religious leaders were kind of going through and rejecting our Lord. Uh, and then, however, there was these others, they went out, you know, they collected the good and the bad. So in, our, in the church, this is our job, we, we welcome everybody. No matter what issues they have, what addictions, sins they're dealing with, doesn't matter. We want them all here. We want them all welcome to this great wedding feast. However, when you get here, there are certain requirements. So the, some people think that, that that wedding garment symbolizes maybe the baptismal robe or something like that. But according to the church fathers, this wedding garment does not symbolize baptism, they would say that this man, he has already come into, you know, this, this feast area. That means that he's, he has faith already, he's been baptized, he's now, he's part of the church. That's not what this garment symbolizes. According to, you know, St. Jerome, Hilary, Tertullian, St. Gregory, and many others, this wedding garment that this man was supposed to have on symbolizes good works. It symbolizes charity. It symbolizes virtues. No growth in holiness. This is the expectation of all those who come into the wedding feast to become part of, of God's family. Not that you have to do this on your own. You know, this man would have been probably brought off the street. He wouldn't be expected to be carrying around a wedding garment. Who, who walks around with a tuxedo or a nice dress, you know, when they're off walk? No, no. So, he would have been brought to the, into the wedding there and would have been provided this. No, uh, would have been provided this wedding garment. This is what our Lord does for us. You know, you've been baptized, you're welcome into the church. 
But you still have all these sacraments, all these graces, all these things to assist you in growing in holiness and becoming like Christ, to be sanctified, to be a saint. You have all the things you need, everything. You can't do it on your own. It's impossible. You know? We don't have a faith of works. This is all through the strength of Christ, him doing this in you. You're provided the wedding garment. All you need to do is cooperate with it. You, know? you need to say yes to it. You need to put it on. You need to donate. And so this man refuses. So somebody who comes into the church, they're baptized, but they're not really living the faith. They're not working toward holiness, toward sanctity. They're not cooperating with all these graces. They're rejecting the Lord, really. I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah, I'm going to show up, but everything else, I'm going to, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to do it my way. Uh, that type of person, you know, is knowingly, deliberately, you know, uh, rejecting these great graces of the Lord. That's a pretty grave, grave matter. This person, you know, gets then bound hand and foot, thrown out of the wedding party. Can't be part of it. So uh, this is what this is the meaning. This is my understanding of this parable. The church fathers, how they would explain it and interpret it. This is what our Lord was talking about when He gave this parable. The big question for you is, who are you in the parable? This is always a great question to ask when you hear a parable. Who are you? Where do you fit? Uh, you know, so we have lots of people in our world that they would say, you know, I don't, I don't need the church. I don't need prayers. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my own thing. I'm going to get to heaven in my own way. I don't need all these graces. I don't need, you know, the sacrifice of the Lord or the mass or any of these sorts of things. They have this kind of notion of they're going to they're gonna get to heaven through their own good works, just kind of off on their own. Uh, and... That doesn't work, okay? So God has done all these wonderful things. He's thrown this incredible wedding feast, this joyous occasion. Now, maybe you're listening to this homily on the podcast, you know, and you've been thinking, perhaps, about coming on out to Mass, considering this, but you haven't quite made that leap. There's something maybe holding you back. Uh, I would encourage you to, to, say, to say yes to this. You know, to, to come, and the Mass is all about coming together with the human family, this healing that the Lord has done through his sacrifice for you and me. It's this joyous occasion. And someone invites you to a wedding feast. This is a happy and joyous thing. You know, this is a healing celebration uh, that we are gathering here for. You know, the sacrifice of our Lord, you know, uniting to him, to the groom who loves us and cares for us. So, you know, say yes to this. If you say no, deliberately and knowingly, there will be consequences for that. So, but maybe, you know, you're not that person. I see a bunch of you are sitting here. You're here, right? You're, you're here. You're at the wedding feast. Uh, you know, this garment that you're being asked to put on, you know, these are, these are virtues. These are, you know, growth in holiness. I would say, you know, what is the Lord asking you to put on right now? What virtue is, is he calling you to? Uh, maybe you have, you're like afraid to go to confession and uh, kind of there's some things, some, some dirt spots that you feel a lot of shame around and you don't want to deal with them. Maybe this is the garment, this clean garment he's asking you to come put on uh, to, to go to confession. It's hard, it's painful, but it's really, really important that you, that you get this taken care of. Uh, if you don't, there could be very grave 
consequences. So if you haven't been a confession in a long time, you know, this is this garment me the Lord's asking you to work on. But maybe it's something else. Maybe you do go to confession regularly. Maybe it's, uh, you, know, uh, you know, growth in, in, in patience or, you know, giving up uh, judging or maybe it's something to do with your checkbook. You know, the, you know how, how are you, or your time, how are you giving to the Lord? How are you caring for others? How are you living in charity? Is, are you just kind of doing your own stuff, taking care of your own family and that's it? Although take care of family can be a great way to grow in holiness. Maybe that's what the Lord's calling you to right now at this time and this stage. Uh, but what is the garment that the Lord is asking you to put on? It can be kind of, kind of uncomfortable getting out of your, your comfy jeans, your sweatpants, you know, whatever it is, and putting on this kind of starchy wedding garment, you know, that kind of feels not quite right at first. What is the Lord asking you to? It's not so hard. He's not going to ask you something that's too difficult in this growth in holiness. But this is the expectation of all of us, that we're growing in sanctity, little by little, donning ever more this, this wedding garment, this, this garment of, of the virtues, of holiness, of ever more showing forth the holiness that you are called to. You know, you're called to, to excellence. You're called to artistry. You are called to sanctity, to holiness. This is your calling. Now, what does this mean to step into, into this right now? What garment are you struggling maybe to put on or don't want to quite say yes to. It's not something too hard. This is ultimately grace from the Lord, something that he is providing for you. We have to cooperate with it. We have to say yes to it. This requires your cooperation. So where are you? As we're gathered here together, ready to celebrate this feast, this little taste of heaven, reuniting with our Lord with with one another. Uh, If you're away from the church, you know, Come on back. Join us at this great and festive celebration. If you're here, but you've kind of been just kind of holding back and, and not saying yes to something the Lord has been asking you to, say yes to him today. You may, you know, fully grow into that garment of holiness, that cloth of, of sanctity, that God may be glorified. Amen.